Show. Every week we meet up, talk some action movies, shoot some breeze, and let off some steam. Bad This is PC, and I'm Grant. And PC, you remember when I said I would introduce you last? I lied. What a lovely, lovely day. <laughs> That's a lot of head for you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so opening question. There's a Christian rights group this week said that you should boycott the film Mad Max, which is what we're the subject of our show is today, <laughs> because it's a feminist film. Do you agree with this? <laughs> yeah, I can totally see where they're coming from with that. I think I'm still recovering after watching it. To be fair, it was. Um... Perhaps you should. I should also point out that they've not seen the film, only the trailer. Yes, because from the trailer it looks like a feminist piece of trash. <laughs> and I can completely see the direction you're taking with that. It's like the vagina monologue, isn't it? <laughs> when you Compl- see it from the trailer. Completely misleading. Today's bit of movie trivia. This might be a bit of a harder one for you, I think. The lead of this action film also famously played Judas Iscariot in a film called Judas, which was held back until The Passion of the Christ came out. So what action film do you think I'm talking about? We'll come back to that later. Okay. Let's play the Wheel of News. Spin. Spinning. <laughs> and number three. Andrea Riseborough looks set to play a female version of the, the villain from The Crow. Yes, I did see that. That was the the actress from Oblivion. Yes. Yes. Opinion me up then, PC. <laughs> I could give two monkeys about a Crow remake. They've already had several stabs at making sequels to the original Crow. Um, on, the, on my other podcast, we did one of the Crow sequels. Yes, I remember watching it with you. That was the one with um, <laughs> David... Uh, the guy from Terminator 2. Um, yeah, the guy that played young um, David... Um, John, John Connor. Connor. Uh, David Buenzares and Tara Reid. Yes, that's and, the one. And also a very, very memorable appearance by Dennis Hopper. So what you're saying is they've already perfected it, so why even try Why, why even bother now? We watched the original recently, though, didn't we? We did, yeah. Actually, um, I think it holds up. I do love it because I'm I'm quite a big Bruce Lee fan, and Brandon Lee, as much as he doesn't hit the heady heights of his father, um, he does have some interesting films, um, memory and um, rapid fire, just because Paris Booth is in it. And also The Crow, um, which he's more famous for because he was actually killed while yeah. on set of the film. He hit the heady heights when that bullet propelled him quite far into the air. Yeah, yeah. So is that, is that an inappropriate joke? <laughs> quite possibly, but it's fine. I, I think we're past the morning stage of it, so it's all yeah. too but, soon. Yeah. <laughs> Although if if, um, if people were to believe, there's um, a lot of conspiracy theories regarding both the death of himself and also his father. Yes. So, um, but we'll. We'll just keep going in case we get assassinated during the podcast. We're talking about that. <laughs> wait, wait till I just take this aspirin. I'm sure that'll work out yeah. okay for me. Next spin. And it's number four. Paramount is making an expanded Transformers universe franchise in the same way that Marvel. See, you're upset now. See, wait till I tell you who's behind us. <laughs> see, you can't see this in the podcast, but my head just dropped. <laughs> You'd think you're upset now. Wait till I tell you who's behind it. The man they've chosen as their saviour to lead everything... This is going to be a Scooby-Doo villain. Akiva Goldsman, who did Jonah Hex, Batman and Robin, Batman Forever, The Da Vinci Code... Classics. I Am Legend. 
Hollywood's worst hack. Yeah. Should we just <laughs> skip over this? <laughs> the bizarre thing is, is he's actually got some decent writers working underneath him. So that, that's where you can actually take some hope. I think just pro- hope that he's not going to be rewriting their scripts because he's got Robert Kirkman, the Walking Dead guy. He's got Art Markham and Matt Holloway, the guys behind Iron Man and Punisher Warzone. He's got Zach Penn, who's a bit of a... He's, he's, been, he's, he's done X2 and The Avengers, but he also did Electra and The Incredible Hulk. So it's, it's not a perfect resume. Yeah. <laughs> It's, that's a well, thing is, I mean, I didn't mind the Incredible Hulk. It was all right. It was nothing special, but it wasn't the worst. I mean, Electro. It's not a Kiva Goldsman level, no, is it? No, I mean, Electro is um, probably the very bottom of the pile near Ghost Rider. Jeff Pinkner, too, who worked on Lost and he did The Amazing Spider Man 2. See, I never understood the fascination with Lost. I lost patience with it in season two after about three episodes. Is that a joke? quite possible <laughs> did you just make a funny there I did <laughs> I just learned I feel like I lost but um, yeah I think while watching it I can also see why people hate it yeah, it seems to be the case of rather than trying to explain what's going on we'll just throw more questions for you to answer later on that will never be answered Damon Lindelof <laughs> that's the way he likes to roll yeah let's see. just have more questions no answers see more questions see Prometheus <laughs> How about a nice little news story for the last one then? The Rock officiated a fan's wedding during the San Andreas junket. Did you see this? I did see this. I didn't read the full article, but I did see that come up. Um, and what he did yeah. was he said to the guy who works for Screen Junkies, which is another great podcast I recommend, and he got the guy, he says, we're changing locations for this, can you come with me? And he brought the guy around. And the guy thought he was just being, you know, typical Hollywood standoffish with him yeah really what he was doing it was he linked in with the other guys for screen junkies to set up the guy's wedding the man is a legend I love him I also assume today that he is now officially in the Guinness Book of World Records for most amount of selfies he's he's our modern day hero isn't he yeah it's like I'm, Spartacus I don't, I, I don't <laughs> I'm like, the rock I don't mind the rock I mean I still would be forgiven for it have you ever seen The, um, the Mummy 2 yeah, with the yeah, very I, bad CGI <laughs> The CGI The problems with that are not his fault. Oh dear lord, that was whatever PlayStation Two they used to do the graphics is what sort of fault. I think there. I think even a PlayStation Two is batting a bit high. To be fair, PlayStation Two was laughing at it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't watch that. Come play Silent Hill Two with me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's close the wheel of. Can you close a wheel or? Uh, you zip it. I think you zip it back up. Do you know? <laughs> so our topic. Yes. It's a film we've both seen. Hinted at earlier by directly saying that it was our topic. <laughs> it's not, really a hint, not really a hint, more of just a slap in the face of what it was. <laughs> I don't know about you, but the, the kind of original Mad Max film for me wasn't, like the very first one, wasn't that great a film. It was more the, the sequels that kind of put it on the map more than anything else. I would agree with you to a certain extent. Uh, the, where I take Humbridge, Humbridge, Umbridge with you is where you say the sequels. All right, okay, sorry, the sequel. Yeah, I think the Road Warrior is what people remember, and it's all the best elements of the Road Warrior that are in this film. Mm. What I like about this film, most of all, is it lets the viewer have a degree of intelligence. It doesn't have to explain everything to you. There, there is literally no exposition at all. <laughs> it's just you, you have your a kind of bit of scroll at the start. Is, I think there is, but it's all done visually. Yeah, which is why it's such a special film. For example, look at the bit where 
he realises he can't make the shot, but Furiosa can, so he lets Furiosa take the shot and use his shoulder. It's it's all about the progression of Mad Max from this person where he doesn't trust them to mm. realising that they've got skills and they can help him out. And how often does that happen in a action film? Yeah. It's as well, I, I don't know about you, but it, it just kind of felt as if it was just a relentless, just almost like a road movie, but it was like a road chase. Yeah. Just the full, you know, the full form. There was like... I think the thing though is... At no point did it ever get boring no. in, a, in its runtime either, which is remarkable, considering that you could write on the back of your pinky what actually happens. Yeah, I mean, the story is basically the story, There is characters. There's very little story, but I think that's what that's what we're kind of getting to when we're talking about the Avengers. Is far too much of these modern films are far too concerned with the story and driving the story forward, mm. and there's too little focus on the characters which is what this is this is a character piece yeah but that's the thing it's not even that there's a lot of character development as well it's just characters as in big characters big personalities and it's very very bizarre I mean some of the guys on there I mean I particularly love some of the names as well Um, so I mean Charlize Theron was um, Furiosa yeah and Rictus um, Erectus (laughs) Which was the son of um, Immortal Joe. Immortal. Um, is that the bald one? The one that's... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was great. Who I didn't realise at all. I just assumed he was like an MMA fighter or somebody else, but it wasn't until I went back on his IMDB and realised he's actually kind of done the rounds in quite a lot of... Um, Immortal Joe's from the first Mad Max as well. Did you know that? Is he? He's um, Toe Cutter Joe in the first one. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that's really, really good callback. That's there if you. Well, want it's the original it. director. You don't, you don't need it. It's yeah. the original director as well, isn't it? That's that worried me when you seen the posters and it said visionary director. And it's like, oh, I know what Hollywood thinks a visionary director is. But he, to be fair to him, good considering his career's arguably been a bit of the wilderness. Which yeah. He's been doing big, big, big pig in the city. <laughs> And Happy Feet and Happy Feet 2 are his kind of last few films. Yeah, it's, it doesn't really boost a lot of confidence, but I mean, visually, this film was an absolute treat. Um, it, it just seemed to assault all your senses at once. It was just complete and utter madness, but it was fantastic to watch. Absolutely fantastic. You know, one of my favourite things the opening credits with the blood yeah. font. That's <laughs> just great, really B movie style. There's also a shot of, you know, Martin Joe's son, not this stupid one that we just talked about, yeah. but the other one. When he's chasing them down and there's a typical B-movie style low shot of him when he's in the car and it's all ratcheted up, so it's all shaky cam. Mm. Do you remember that? Yeah. It's fantastic. It's like something Robert Rodriguez or Quentin Tarantino would do and do it badly. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. I mean, they have just taken the base premise of you know the kind of apocalypse and you know the point later in the future where that's another thing like there's never any explicit mention of what's happened to the world is there yeah there's never like and the world was destroyed in a stupid voiceover is there yeah I mean you, you, you would think it you has re- been like either nuclear war or there's been it's been like an actual disaster where there's been like the ice caps and everything else and it's got to the point where most of the earth has dried out and it's and it's given them cancer and that's where you put two and two together yeah the really mutations easy. as well yeah but well, that's what I took was 
the, what their lumps were were cancerous lumps. Mm. And that's why they were so concerned about the, um, the, the kind of brides that they had. Mm-hmm. And the and you know having a, like breeding normal children and that's you know and having them as breeders, but I would say it's pretty much a fault-free film. Yeah, I would be happily give it eleven out of ten. <laughs> I mean that's the thing. I mean I think because it doesn't try and tell much of it. You know, it, the story that it's telling isn't a big one to tell. Mm-hmm. And it's not really trying to push the envelope in terms of developing the characters. All it's really doing is just trying to visually, you know, kind of give you a story, if you like. But it's saying that's Furious has an arc. Max has an arc where he starts to trust people more than just. As he always does. I did like his um, hallucinations, though, just to yeah. kind of give you. A, it was very well filmed. As yeah. Well. The, have you ever seen a better film in three D? Yeah, the IMAX was um, I <laughs> IMAX and 3D this yeah. is made for this because it's really really dark contrasted truck against the really, really light desert mm. or the bit with the wind as well where it's contrasted oh, it just looks amazing what I did really like as well is the fact that a lot of it was visual effects rather than CGI mm. so a lot of it was proper stunts and proper you know so when you're watching like some of the bikers at the section where they're jumping over the over the mm. tanker and um, even some of the, the kind of action scenes later on I mean I did love the, the sequence towards the end with the pose as well injured stuntmen stuntmen that's what George Miller is all about isn't yeah. it <laughs> bloody loves a bit of that yeah but no I mean it's just a complete an artist or so fest it's just I think it's best action film since Dread high praise indeed I think it's Probably one of the best action films the last 20 30 years, easily. Yeah, I mean, it is the kind of thing where you're watching it and you just feel you're gripping your chair for the whole film because it's just, as I say, the action is just unrelenting for most of the film. You do have intermissions just to give you a chance to breathe because otherwise, you'd probably end up having a stroke. But yeah, I mean, I didn't expect it to be as full on as that, but I think it needed that. I think that's what it needed to do. Is there an image from it that will kind of stay with you forever? A lot of memorable stuff in this. You got anything? Um, I think the guitar. I think the guitarist with the flaming guitar. <laughs> I think that's the one. Because the first time you see them driving down, and you hear and you hear that music, and you see that it was just fantastic. Because you could just hear everybody in the cinema just silently chuckling to themselves watching that going. <laughs> because it was just so outrageous and outlandish. That's a good example of. I don't need you to explain that to me. Just yeah, I, I love the fact as well that it's the whole. You know, they can always hint at the fact that there's very little fuel, and they're always looking to try and minimise what they're using, and also like for the water as well. Mm-hmm. So you've got this scene where this guy's obviously got like fuel in his guitar that he's using to just <laughs> randomly just fuel out masses of jets of flame. I think the implication is though that Omar and Joe's guys have a lot more than they're actually yeah. claiming to. Which yeah. is the true of water as well, isn't it? Yeah, well that's the thing because you see that sequence when they're all just washing themselves down with the water and it's like I thought there was this massive scale of water and they're just like, nah, let's just hose ourselves down with it. It's like for Madness. Let's move on to what I made you watch this week then, shall we? Yes. <laughs> My page of notes for <laughs> I have notes. And for anyone that's interested, um, I did also post up a link to 
one of the funniest scenes in that film, which is on our Facebook page and also on our Twitter as well. <laughs> which I bloody got you, didn't I? Uh, it's it, it's cage tastic. It really is. And there's no other words for it. So I I have searched for for one name when I was searching to try and get you. Yep. And that was Joel Schumacher. Yep. It just so happened that I got Nicolas Cage <laughs> at the same time. Double whammy. <laughs> and a very old-looking Nicole Kidman as well. And um, so, just to give you, well, it's very difficult to give you a synopsis of this film because it, every ten minutes or so, it just seems to throw in just random twists. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Which is just like, so every time you think you know what's going on, it's like, oh, look, look at this. Is it a home invasion film? Kind of, yes. It was... <laughs> it kind of starts where like Nicolas Cage is trying to close deals and he's getting a bit angsty and it's like, oh, I need to raise money, I need to do this and that. And then you get into just his family, which is his long-suffering wife who is trying to stop her, her daughter going to a party because there'll be boys at the party. Oh, like, no. I know, boys. Wait a minute, is, is Nicole Kidman the mother? She is. Grandmother? No. <laughs> is she the grandmother? The first few opening shots, it was like, it's Nicole. Ooh, somebody's skimped on makeup. But, you know, and it was just cliche central where it was like the, the angry or, girl trying to, to rebel. phrase that another way, someone's aging naturally, you <laughs> bloody sexist feces. It's somebody's job to cover that up. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> But yeah, so it kind of very early on sets the tone as unhappy family with marriage in disarray and child rebelling against parents, and, which then randomly cuts to a, a sequence of Nicole Kidman bringing out sexy laundry, which is never reference for the rest of the film. You just see it in the bag getting taken out, put back in the bag, and never reference for the rest of the film. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, it's just like. Um, I would say it was for titillation, but probably not from Joe Schumacher, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing I've actually got as an early note. Family needs life lessons. <laughs> That's ten minutes in. Is Nicholas Cage the father, then? He is the father, yes. Are they apart? No, they're, they're living together in this mass condo that they have bought with this very intricate and detailed security system. Um, and what happens is the daughter sneaks out to go to her party. Shock. And... A couple of policemen come to the, the, the door, so they get them on the security cam. Though, <laughs> when they come to the door, all you can see in the cam is their chest. So it's basically just the shirts they can see, and it's like, so, oh yeah. So either it's set at the wrong angle, or the policemen are ten foot tall. <laughs> yeah. And it's basically a case of you can't see their faces, or their badges, or their IDs, and he basically says, let us in, there's been burglaries in the area. It's like, surely, if that's the case. <laughs> So they, they come in, lo and behold, it's burglars. Ah, we didn't know. So it then kicks off this really. <laughs> at really which point, Nicholas Cage points at them and goes, These guys! <laughs> <laughs> well, this is it. They make this whole point of saying, In and out in 20 minutes, we can do this, blah, blah, blah. Nothing Sh- needs to Show their face, presumably? Oh, they do later on. <laughs> Which so is they're, just, they're they're disguised just, as like balaclava policemen at the moment or they? yeah well it was really confusing because they come in and it's basically they're trying to raid this because they're saying oh, you know, we know you've got money and as they're speaking it then cuts to individual flashbacks to these guys watching Nicolas Cage like putting money in a suitcase and then like getting diamonds from a shop and it's like 
<laughs> what? <laughs> so we're getting flashbacks from these guys that we've just been introduced to, like seeing Nicolas Cage in different places. It's like putting oh, diamonds and money into a briefcase. Yeah. It's like we know you've got money, and it's like flashback. It's like, well, okay, he's got money. It's kind of the very opposite of what we we're just talking about, isn't it? Yeah. It's like exposition for exposition's <laughs> sake. This is like you know they live in a big condo. We yeah. can we can gather they have money. Thank you. But it's just one of the things. It's like right, if you're going to do that, then surely you'd have the shot of him doing that earlier, and then maybe cut to like the shot of the guy maybe like looking from a distance <laughs> in the car, and like no. But it gets to this point where you know basically they're in control. They've all got like shotguns and like pistols and stuff, and they say right, give us the money. And Nicholas Cage is like, well, no. <laughs> and they then start negotiating with him, and it's like. You've got guns! And he's like, no, I'm not gonna because if I do, you'll just kill us. And it's like... <laughs> You've not got any bargaining tools here, Mr. Cage. No! But for some reason, he kind of wins that over and they keep going with this thing and then eventually the 20 minutes turns into he's got an hour to sort this out. Why does he have an hour? <laughs> just just kill him! Just shoot his wife in the leg and then go off and then later in the film they decide to take the masks off. <laughs> and... Have oh, they known him long enough that they trust him now? <laughs> well, this is the whole part: is that the guy just to complicate things? It's almost like a family Berkeley that they're doing because it's an older brother, the younger brother, and the older brother's girlfriend, uh-huh. who I don't even know why she's there because she's stoned out of her face, <laughs> and she within two minutes of going into the house, she goes upstairs into the wife's bedroom, strips off in her underwear. And starts, and starts doing drugs and just wandered about in her underwear. Like, why is she there? I've got no idea. But basically, it eventually transpired because they try and say that the reason they've robbed the house is that the younger brother was a security would, guard. Would you mind just, like, I'm just going to nip away and take some drugs <laughs> if you would mind just carrying on with it? I'll be in my underwear if, if that's okay. It was just so random because she's just walking about all the rooms that are under were just looking at stuff. It's like, you're supposed to be out in 20 minutes. <laughs> just so Way to go on the whole not leaving any DNA behind front. <laughs> yeah, and then she just left her clothes in the room and got changed into the wife's clothes. And it's like, yeah, look, I've got a dress. It's like, you've left your clothes upstairs. <laughs> With hair and DNA and God knows what else in it. So... The whole thing's supposed to be that the younger brother was a security guard, and that's why he knows there's money there, or thinks there's money there. Even and though he's watched him. Yeah. <laughs> well, what then comes to light is that he's supposed to have had an affair with Nicole Kidman. Oh. oh. So part of the reason they're robbing them is to, is to teach her a lesson. But, and not having affairs. Yeah. <laughs> but then what he then found out is that he actually didn't have an affair with it, and he's completely schizophrenic. Nice. <laughs> but they seem to do it in like 10 minute segments where they're going through this because the film's only an hour and a half long being someone who works in the mental health field it really <coughs> it really annoys me that Hollywood cannot tell the difference between multiple personality disorder and schizophrenia they're mm. different things yeah sorry go on <laughs> but yeah it's and the just keeps jumping like you're trying to you get the grips with the storyline and what they're telling you and be like right okay fine and then 10 minutes later it's like but no wait there's a twist stop it what are some of the other twists then well as I say initially it was supposed to be oh you'll love this absolutely love this point the original reason that the guy gave for robbing them and I wish they stuck with it because it's so fantastic it was like yeah face to face with Nicolas Cage it's like yeah 
you've really had it easy. When I was younger, my mum got beat up by my alcoholic father, so much so that now she needs a replacement kidney. And that's why we're robbing you, because we need money for a replacement kidney. <laughs> oh my God, that's awful. And I love it because they didn't change that for about 20 minutes. So I was sitting there for the whole time going, I really hope this is the reason he's trying to rob them. But well, then it turned out that we're just lying no, with the kidney. No, it, it turns out that they'd, they'd got money for drugs and then somebody had robbed them for the drug money and they had to pay the money back. But it then turned out that it was his younger brother that double-crossed him and it was his fault. And it was just like... And, and then he had an affair with Nicholas... No, with Nicole Kidman and then he didn't. Yeah. It's just like... Because the whole time that they're trying to... The whole time they're trying to rob them, he keeps shouting across, Don't hurt her! You're like... <laughs> so like from what's supposed to be this 20 minute Robin sequence then turns into like this thing that goes on for like hours and it isn't until the, the other guy that's not a member of the family that's just there just gets annoyed and just starts to start beating up people it's like yes you're supposed to be in control you're supposed to be the ones demanding things from people not letting them do what they want oh, oh it was just how does it end then? <laughs> it ends by basically the, the schizophrenic brother um, gets attacked by the guy that's not the family he gets shot by the older brother and then the older brother gets shot by the schizophrenic brother because he tries to <laughs> shoot Nicole Kidman well I'm trying to picture this <laughs> they're all standing in a big pentangle <laughs> oh, no, it, all happen, it all happens it, it, it borders out for the way they do it but uh, it's just uh, there are no words it was entertaining just because they overacted him from Cage and just because every time they threw in a twist it was like what? so it, the the guy that has lots of money and diamonds still had money and diamonds at the end well no the part of the twist was he well initially <laughs> the twist was he had the money and he was trying to convince them that he was bankrupt and then right at the end they discover this hollow wall that's got all this money in it and then the whole place goes up in flames <laughs> <laughs> Was the Joker behind that part? <laughs> or Scrooge McDuck? Yeah. <laughs> Scrooge McDuck was in there swimming in the money. <laughs> I, was just, I was just watching that and it was like, what? I, I can't believe there were so many plot twists and the film was only an hour and a half long. You had five minutes, <laughs> five or ten minutes of plot and then all of a sudden it would just flip it on its side and say, no, you've had enough of that. It was just so bizarre. So, um, rating out of ten? <laughs> I saw a three out for that one. <laughs> okay, what's my film for next week? Then? So the film I have found for you, and we're kind of getting back on track for the for the films that we know and love. Um, I'm giving you a film called Class of 1999. Oh, I've seen this years and years ago. I hardly remember anything about it though. Yeah, I really want to see. Is Michael J. Fox? No. No, no. Um, the the premise of this film is that in the future the government decides to put cyber teachers into school <laughs> to deal with bad apples. Oh yes. <laughs> um, right, let's just stop this. So I can go and watch this film. That sounds great. Oh, I love that. So you've got Bradley Gregg, Tracy Lind, and I know you like this, Malcolm McDowell. Ah, yes. <laughs> ah, the British Shatner. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna. I forgot to do this game last week, and it was entirely my fault. So, well, not last week, two weeks ago. You were out last week, yeah. And it's 
both of us are nothing, PC. Yeah. <laughs> no replacements on this show. So um, we're going to do the game where you've got to work out what the actor is and All what right, the film yeah. is. Yeah. So Stallone's Schwarzenegger, Seagal, or Streisand. Streisand. <laughs> Don't worry, Streisand. This thing. <laughs> okay. Here we go. And I'll tell you, this is the five point time, and I'll tell you when it goes down to one point. Alright, okay. It's currently 2 2 1 to me. Character returns here whilst on vacation with his estranged niece. Soon after, they board a train only for the same to happen again. Ah! Under siege 2. Five points! <laughs> You're way in the lead now. 6 2. Excellent. Well done. What are you. Another clue could have been Morris Chestnuts in it, Everett McGill, Eric Bogosian. You know the great thing? I wouldn't have put up on those actors' names. <laughs> also had another review, which would have made it a bit harder for you, but it was just good film. <laughs> <laughs> that would have made it really hard. Yeah. Okay, for five points, good. <laughs> good film. <laughs> okay, for one point, good film. <laughs> Okay, so, movie five. The leader of this action film also famously played Judas Iscariot in a film about Judas until it wasn't released until Passion of Christ came out. If I was to say Roadhouse, would I be anywhere near the vicinity of it? You're near. You're not bang on the money, though. Roadhouse 2? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Which, I'll only let you have that if you tell me the subtitle. What, the... for for Roadhouse 2? Yeah. Last call... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's uh, Johnny Shake yeah. playing Dalton's son who also once played Judas Iscariot I apologise to everybody <laughs> we, are, we are trying to wean him off <laughs> <laughs> and this is my first step in my rehabilitation <laughs> we went from road house to road house to <laughs> it'll be um, Red Dawn next week <laughs> ok thanks a lot NPC and we'll see you later audience see you later <laughs> on Facebook Let Off Some Steam Podcast Hit us on Twitter at Steam Podcast Send us an email Let Off Some Steam Podcast at gmail.com